The Mix Room with Genelec. Hello and welcome to Headliner Radio, where we are out on location once again in Helsinki, this time at Kalevala Studios with Sami Sarkoma and Pietu Koronen. Sami, Pietu, thank you both very much for having us here today. How are you both and uh, yeah, how are things? Thank you for having us and things are just fine. Thank you. Same here. Thank you. Good to hear. Um, now, it'd be great if you could start by just telling us a little bit about what each of you do and your, you know, personal kind of histories with this space. Well, my my main thing these days is to be a dubbing mixer for feature films and uh, television shows as well. Uh, I've been at it for... I'd say 30 years. So I've managed to, to make almost everything that goes into making sound for film. And uh, I think that the the post of, of a re-recording or dubbing mixer is the, the final thing that you end up with when you've done everything else. So you need to, to be able to, to understand all the aspects of film sound in order to be able to make a good sound for it. My personal history with Kalevala Studio is is as long as Kalevala Studio has been around. Uh, The main owner, Jyrki Rakunen, who is a a renowned Finnish uh, sound designer and an old friend of mine, we used to play in a, in a band together. He's a bass player, and I'm, I'm a guitarist. So, uh, he started, I think it was in in nineties. I think he started doing film work, and as he knew, I was into gear, more or less, usually more. Uh, he asked me to to help him out with some technical issues first. And then, as he knew I was interested in sound as well, he started to have me around doing some small things and, and it grew stage by stage until I'm, I was ready to, to mix movies. And it's been like, well, slightly over, over 20 years now. Well, fantastic. And how about you? Peer to what's your background, uh, both as a professional and specifically with the studio here? Uh, I'm a sound designer, mostly nowadays, and uh, I I did a lot of location sound previously, like ten years ago or so. And uh, after that, I started working as a sound editor, and uh, now been doing a lot of sound designer work, and. Uh, Dubby mixer or re-recording gigs also in here, here in Kalevala studio. And uh, my history here is a lot shorter than some is. I've been, I've been around like a couple of years now doing gigs every now and then. And, um, and more in the future. And more in the mm. future, mm. I, I hope. Yeah, that's, that's what I do. Fantastic. So... What can you tell us about the kind of projects that you typically take on here? From what I gather, it's predominantly film and 
TV work. Uh, can you tell us about the kind of variety of projects that come in here and how differently you have to approach mixing for, you know, different types of film and TV, whether, you know, you've got kind of quite dialogue driven, uh, you know, projects or things that are very big and musical and epic, you know, how, how different are the projects that come in here and how differently do you have to approach mixing those kind of projects? But to be to be able to to mix a movie, you have to be naive enough. Uh, my my main concern while mixing a movie is to to be able to to get the feeling of the movie across to the viewer. So I try to be I try to not know anything more than I need to know of the movie when I start mixing it. So I, I don't like to to see the movie beforehand. I just try to be the, the, the first viewer, the innocent viewer of the of the film and then react so that I can translate the the, the inten intentions of the, of the filmmakers to the viewer. So if 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 it's if it's if the movie is, is like the most most movies are basically more or less dialogue driven. Since we get lots of comments on how the dialogue is not clear enough or understandable enough, it's of course my main concern to, to make it as clear as possible, but not to lose the, the drama of the movie or the, the ebb and flow of the movie as well. So while I'm, I'm the most concerned of the, of the clarity of the dialogue, the music, the sound effect work and the folly work is, is as important for the, the whole of the movie, the, for the, the, the feeling of the movie. Fantastic. I mean, I believe I'm correct in uh, saying that this is Finland's or was Finland's first uh, certified Atmos studio. Um, what can you tell us about the rise of in the rising demand for Atmos mixes and immersive mixes in general for film and television? It, it, what kind of trends have you seen there? Is, has there been a real noticeable boom in that market or is it still something that feels quite niche and a little bit of a rarity for, for you to work on? The ma main sound work that we do for films and TV is is probably stereo still and secondary 5.1 that most mixing is is a rar rarity is a niche thing in uh, in Finland at least I think in Finland we have I think slightly over 10 theaters that are able to to show Atmos movies around maybe 20 titles have been made for Atmos in Finland altogether. So it's, it's quite rare. A few movies per year, I'd say. From sound perspective, I think it's, it's, it's a definite step upward. The, the, the immersive sound is much more than 3D in picture. I think the sound is more 3D than the picture has been. Yeah, so it's it's better to have a, 
just your normal movie plus an Atmos soundtrack than 3D movie and a 5.1 soundtrack. I think you get more that way. You get more immersed. <laughs> yeah. And as uh, is the catchword. Yeah. 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 And uh, I, in Atmos, I, I've only done one Atmos film myself, but uh, what I really liked in that was was not not the immersive thing like using the ceiling and and stuff, but the the details you can you can really get out of the soundtrack is 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 amazing. Do you think there's still a, a a little bit of a misunderstanding, perhaps, whether that's amongst creators or audiences, um, about how powerful immersive audio can be? Because, like you said, with things like three uh, D visuals um in cinema and you see certain cinema theaters that have these kind of like chairs that rock back and forth you know this kind of 4d thing whatever they call it um do you think it's easier for people to kind of perceive what something is when it comes to the visuals as opposed to how immersive something can be in audio do you think it's a matter of education perhaps as to what can be done with with an immersive audio mix it's it's pretty tough to 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 guide a, a normal viewer so that you should pay attention to something or another it, it, it we're always serving the story and the picture so the sound can't be separate from the picture it has to be same sized so I think it's, it's since the uh, home Atmos, which is the, 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 the version of Atmos that is, is suited for home, of course, which is smaller scale. And that has uh, quite a lot of potential, I think. But since you don't have any control of the situation, people watch their movies at home. It's very hard to to be able to predict how things will impact sound-wise. So the, the, the visuals are always more, more simpler to understand since it, you always have the, the picture. It's more or less color-corrected and, and it's more or less as it should be, but the sound can be anything. Even if you have an Atmos home setup, it could mean that uh, you, your uh, subwoofer is in the wrong position or it doesn't work as it should. Or So there's lots of variables. And I think uh, if, if we could have a standardized version of speaker and, and, and amplifier setup for home that you just could put in their place easily, then we could have something, some things that we could do. But I think uh, since it's it's pretty much different from theat theatrical atmos, the home atmos, since you don't you don't have the the objects, so you can't place small audio stuff in in certain places in the sound field as you can in the theater version of Atmos. And then you could have more of a 3D. I think it's more of a, you have more air at, ho at home Atmos 
but you can have details in the theater atmosphere as well. So it's it's quite different. And I I don't I don't believe in in the educational side of of, of things. People aren't interested in in the sound in that sense that much. Yeah, and I I, I think it really just takes a lot of time, like it did with five but one thing, that people start to kind of appreciate thing over stereo or whatever, and uh, yeah, to understand that it's it's much more than flying flying sources above you and stuff like that. You can you can really use it to really nice and artistically artistic way ways and uh, and how it really really sounds better than than the normal five point one. Yeah, it does. Even seven point one sounds better than five point one. But how different is the is the art of mixing in immersive or atmos compared to a standard mix? Is it something, you know, how much training is involved in that? Is it something that you need to really try and learn and get your head around? Or is it something that you can kind of understand quite quickly if you're already an experienced mix engineer? I think so. It's 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 surprisingly small difference between 5.1, 7.1 and Atmos mixing. Since the sound, the, the, the main sound always comes from behind the screen anyways. And that's where the focus is anyway. So it's more of a of a spicing things up, the surround field, plus the ceiling or the three D sound space. Yeah, it's more like editing editing wise and sound design wise that you have enough material to use. You have to know like how it's gonna sound in the end, that you have enough stuff there. So it takes a longer time, but it's it's not any more difficult, I think. Of course, you have some some specialty tools. But they're very simple. So, uh, if you've done your homework and your sound work, it's it's a piece of cake. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, can you um, can you talk us through some of your key pieces of kit here in the studio? Uh, you know, we can see we've got that huge board behind you for those who are watching this. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we've, you know, you've got this big, you know monitoring setup as well with Genelec systems. Can you talk us through your your setup in this room? The basic setup is 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 average Pro Tools software plus a Macintosh computer plus some interfaces of course since we have in this room we have twenty seven loudspeakers. So we need to have an interface that has at least twenty seven outputs that we can have each and every speaker playing different sounds if if needs be. So we have uh, the main speakers are Genelec 1037s behind the screen, the screen speakers. And then we have uh, Genelec 1032s as surround and ceiling speakers. Uh, I think uh, 20 in total, I think. In 10 in the ceiling and Five, eight, twelve speakers on the on the surrounds, and then we have the wide speakers, which is the first layer of speakers, the large ones, which are 
1038s. They're all analog, so we have totally analog setup. And and since genetic speakers are active speakers, we don't have any power amplifiers separately. They're all self-powered, which is excellent, I think. Web picture-wise, we have a Christie 2K projector, and uh, I think the the screen is is three meters by two and a half meters wide. Oh, and uh, the the if if we're talking about the Atmos mixing as such, is uh, Pro Tools has a, uh, an Atmos panner which is the, the basic tool for panning stuff around Atmos soundscape or sound field. And then we have, uh, we have some up mixers, which can up mix a stereo or mono or 5.1 source to Atmos. And of course, reverbs, delays, your basic EQs and compressors which are the same tools if you do stereo or 5.1 or Atmos. The sound stays the same, it's, uh, it's always the same, so there's no difference there. Uh, the, the console is, is Avid Icon. Uh, I, I think it's uh, a D-control, 32-fader controller. And then we have, the, we have actually two separate Dolby processors for sound, we have one for Atmos, which is called the RMU. And then we have the CP750 for 5.1 and 7.1 processing, which has the room equalization there. That's about it, I think. Okay. Thank you for that. I mean, on the on the Genelec system that you have in here, can you talk us through how you decided upon the Genelex and what the key things are that you look for in a monitoring system? What are the most important factors when you're specking a room like this for, for monitoring? Well, since, since we're Finnish, and Genelec is a Finnish company, so it, it's basically quite easy. <laughs> but, of course, that's only the, the very basic thing. Uh, I think my first Genelex were 1019As, in the 80s, I think. So I've uh, quite a long history with Genelec. And of course, since this studio, as we came here in, I think it was in the year 2005, I think it was, the, the previous owners had already, the, the screen speakers were Genelec already then. And as you can see, we have all, all we have the EAWs still some that has no have no sound. That they were the speakers that we had in the surround speakers then. But since um, this room itself has been designed by Henrik Möller from Akukon, which is I think the number one acoustical designing company in Finland, and the 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 room has a very very nice sound by itself, and when we came here and heard the screen speakers, and felt that uh, they sounded awfully nice, we decided that Genelec is is 
is the way to, to, to go forward. And uh, I don't think I've used any other speakers than Genelec in, in 20 years, so it's it's pretty easy to, to go that way. And of course, when, when you're speaking the room of this size, you need to have powerful enough speakers to reach the, the, the Dolby spec. So you need to have the SPL required, which is quite, quite loud. Uh, we're lucky, we're, we were lucky to, to find out that the, the 1032s that we have were just powerful enough to use as surround speakers and ceiling speakers as well. Uh, the atmospheric has a requirement for, for sub-frequencies in the, in the surrounds as well, unlike the 5.1, which only needs to, to produce the, the low end from the ceiling speakers and the LFE. But the atmospheric requires that you go to, I think it was like 30 hertz across the room, and these go to like 32 or something, so close enough. <laughs> and they were powerful enough. So we were lucky not to have to use separate LFEs for the room. It was touch and go, but we, we were able to, to avoid that. Of course, it, it was, it would have been two, two subs at the top corner of the, of the back of the room. So it was pretty exotic place as well for the LFEs to be placed, but we didn't need to use them. So it was, we were lucky that way. But I think the, 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 the specking wise is, is you need to have enough power, enough frequency range. And uh, after that, I think it's more a question of the acoustics of the room instead of the, of the loudspeakers themselves. But I, I really like the sound of Genelex as well. And since these aren't GLM speakers, they're, they're totally analog. It's, it's a bit different from the speakers of today, but they still sound excellent. So I don't know what else to to ask for <clears throat> and as a film mixing room the most important thing is of, of course the translation to cinema mm. and mm. i found that this is really really good yeah it is no, it is. no worries yeah, wherever yeah. you go yeah I, I was going to ask about that translation aspect actually because as you said they're not the most recent range of genelex but do, do you find that they still the mix that you produce here translates really nicely to other, excellent other play yeah, yeah. No, no worries yeah. at all it's 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 I think it's 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 a bit of a wonder to go to the to a seven hundred seater and hear the mixes you've done here, which is like a seven seater <laughs> and it sounds excellent, basically the same so it's 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 really nicely designed room, so we're lucky that way as well yeah excellent. I also wanted to ask about the current state of the the, the market over here, you know, with projects coming through here, you know, film and TV work, how buoyant is 
the market at the moment for those projects? Do you find that you're kind of constantly busy with projects coming in? Is it something that is, you know, a little bit unpredictable? How has how has the market been for you from a business perspective over over this past twelve months? And do you still feel the ramifications of things like COVID with you know backlog of you know release dates that have been delayed and things like that? Does does that have an impact still on the work that you're doing here? I've been. I've been really busy for 10 years now and uh, COVID didn't really affect me at all for some reason. Uh, but at the moment it, it's like I know, I know what I'm going to do like next half a year and, and, but I have some time in between but uh, I don't have like something coming up next year and that's what my experience is with the film that you get asked really late to do the work um yeah yeah the, i think covid really had an impact on the industry as, as a whole in finland and since we now have around 20 films waiting to be released already made it a year ago or something like that. I think the best of the of the films that I've mixed is, is the uh, Super Marso 2 that came out like two months ago. I did it two years ago. So that's that's the the basic dilemma we were facing right now is that they need the old movies need to be released before new ones can be made. So of, of course it affects the mixing stage at least. I think sound work is continuing, and we're actually doing more more TV work at the moment. So the the, the probably because of unreleased films for theaters are waiting to be released and that that affects that side of the business for sure but the tv side is 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 more i think it's all, all also more on demand as we have the video on the, of on demand services that are pretty pretty well used in finland as well of course we don't have that much local selections with Netflix or something. So that is still a bit of a work in progress, but uh Finnish broadcasting company is ordering quite a lot of 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 things plus the, the local production houses as well. So that side of the business is, is quite good. But the films we're still waiting to be to be able to to continue the normal work. For, what are some of the most recent projects that you've been working on that, well, I say coming out soon, there might be things that you're working on recently that don't come out for another two years, like you said, but have there, have there been any projects you've worked on recently that you're especially excited about being released? Uh, yeah, I just finished the uh, feature film of Ake Kaurismäki. I was a uh, sound designer on that one. Uh, it it wasn't mixed here, but uh, I did a dialogue premix in this room and uh, went to an, another mixing stage with another mixing engineer and uh, and yeah, 
translation from this room there was really, really good. Well, the last last movie that I did is is a Christmas movie, of course, and I'm uh, I'm not sure if I should say it, but I'm not that excited about it. But <laughs> but it was it was a fun project to make. Of course, it's a it's sort of a a, a, a screwball comedy of a sort. So it's it was far fun in that way. But the, maybe the the last project that I, I'm really excited of is 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 is, is a movie called uh, "What Remains." Is is called the movie. It, it's was directed by a, I think he's Chinese British called Ran Huang. It's almost two and a half hours long, so it's pretty pretty damn long movie. <laughs> but it was uh, it's an international cast uh, and it's played out in in English so it was really really nice to to, to be able to make it and uh, I think the 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 acting work and the compositions for that movie were excellent so it was it was really nice to do we did it we did mix that one in 7.1 so it's it's not in Atmos and that's that I think the 5.1's or 7.1s are the, the more normal stuff that we make still. And for the foreseeable future as well, I think. Great. Well, thanks so much, guys, for having us today. It's been really interesting chatting to you both. And um, yeah, once again, thank you for joining us and for, and for having us here at the studio. Thank you. Thank you. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.